you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. You have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. Hello and welcome to the Royal Grumble podcast. I'm Daryl and I'm sat opposite Dan. Say hi, Dan. Hi, Dan. Where's Graham? Well, uh, he had an incident. Um, Is he dead as well, like I was last week? No, no, he's, he's not dead. However, um, he, he's he got a concussion. That's, he? that's legit the reason. He's got a concussion and he failed his impact test. Uh, did he not know how to name all like impact wrestling champions or something? No, nah, he couldn't do it. He, he got he got to Sting and then he forgot that Sting lost by DQ to Abyss. I always forget about that as well. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a mess. He, he did good to get that far, to be honest, but failed the test. It's, it was his birthday this week. Yeah, it was. Not Abyss, Graham's. <laughs> it was Graham's birthday this week. Do you know how old he was? You mentioned it just before and I forgot. Oh, yeah, 29. 29 years old. I don't know if he'll like us saying that on air. Not because of the what? number, but because he doesn't like any personal information getting out. It's a fucking number. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, I've not I've not said where he works. I've not said his last name. <laughs> I'm like, that's coming later because he's not here to stop me. <laughs> he, he will have a moment where he has a bit of a panic where he thinks, how do people think I, they can search for Graham 29 and find him? I mean, that that on, on Grinder, yeah. <laughs> which Which is on constantly. That's how he got his concussion. Vi- vigorous say, his, sex. his concussion was nothing to do with his birthday. No? No, much worse happened. <laughs> his um, mate showed up and didn't know it was his birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Who would ever do that? <laughs> um, he has pretty much ruined this show though, hasn't he? Yeah, because this was his birthday episode and he came up with a actually decent idea by the end of it. And now it's going to be a bit weirder with only two people to talk about the Well, there's no thing. one to mediate, is there? So no. we're just going to have an argument. Yeah. Yeah, so basically, listeners, what's happened is Graham came up with an idea saying that we're going to pick some topics and then, like, debate them, which sounds pretty good. I was quite excited for it. Um, so we've, we've we, should pop- do, we should do an example quickly. Go on. 1PW is the greatest company ever in Britain. I don't owe you money. Great stuff. And we'd debate that. I'd say, no, it isn't. Daryl say, yes, it is, but I don't owe you money and all that stuff. Yeah. yeah. You get uh, the picture. I would, I would concede if you came up with the argument that it wasn't the greatest because Alex Shane wasn't involved in the early d- stages. He was only <laughs> involved during the Danny Rod stages, and that was only for like one show. Yeah. Um, but yeah, what happens? Is we, we've we've popped we've popped all the topics in a hat. We're going to draw them at random. Well, I've I've came up with three, and you've come up with three, and Graham yeah. came up with three as well. Um, so we'll <laughs> with his dazed mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and by the way literally put them in a hat I have a hat right next to me full of stuff we'll take a, a picture a of it it's a snapback yeah it is I got it with WrestleCrate sponsor us if they sponsor us <laughs> can I have the WrestleCrate because you'll get it anyway no because I'd stop buying it if we got it oh well, that's not fair how else am I going to populate the room with Broad Strowman <laughs> I'm not finished with you yet yeah um, <laughs> he went <laughs> out partying didn't he <laughs> this is I, I've just figured out as well like by the time this comes out, this will be proper old news. But well, still, well, it we will, can... but I, just, I think we should talk about it because it's fucking hilarious. So we should ridicule him. Should we ridicule? Yeah, we should ridicule him because yeah. it's kind of silly that he'd refuse a fan a photo. Yeah, so, so wait, 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 let, let's explain first. He, um, the, all the WWE wrestlers were on a night out 
And for some reason, all TNA wrestlers were on a night out in the but same place. what else are going to be doing? In the, They're not wrestling, are they? But for some reason, they were in the same place. And uh, Ka- Karen Jarrett... Um, of well, sleeping with, Randa, with Jeff Jarrett and Kurt Angle fame. Well, spoilers, right. because I was going to reveal that it was Kurt Angle's wife for the two people that didn't know later. <laughs> but Karen Jarrett slash Angle uh, went up to Braun Strowman and asked for an autograph for her son. And it's not actually been reported what he said to her because Dave Meltzer had various stories of words that were said, but apparently it wasn't very nice what he said to her. She didn't introduce herself, but that doesn't excuse it because if so, if a random person comes up and they're nice to you and say, oh, can I have an autograph, please? And they're nice and, you know, you're not, you're not mid-piss or mid-meal. To be Braun Strowman's probably mid-meal a lot. He's a big dude. He needs to eat. Yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. I, I, I totally get it. If somebody like in public standing like gets disrespected as we sign this or whatever, but from all accounts that I've heard, she didn't do that. Like, it was a per, like a good scenario. She went kind of for my son, blah blah. blah. And uh, it said essentially, I'm not putting words in my mouth. Essentially, told her to fuck off, right? Yep. And uh. She then absolutely motherfucked him in front of everyone. She said, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> absolutely went mental. Um, rightfully so. And uh, while going mental, she revealed the, who she was to him and who the autograph was for. And it's not for one of... I don't know if she's got any kids with Jeff, but if she has, it's not with them. It's actually Kurt Angle's son. And uh, once he realised this, little bitch Braun... Um, got on his hands and knees, <laughs> and there are several witnesses to this, got on his hands and knees and begged her not to tell Kurt. What oh, do you think about that? Dear. I mean, it kind of knocks him down a peg in your estimations, doesn't it? I'd yeah. rather not known about this. Well, no, it, no here's the thing, right? I, I'd, getting down on your hands and knees, it's like emasculating and all that. He deserves it, though. He was a twat. Yeah. Absolute twat. It's now when you see him on TV as a stop a monster, you start to think, well, GM's ex kind of fucked him over. But then you've got to kind of do the separate the artist from the art type of thing, which more on that later. Is there? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So have, have we said all we want to do about Braun? Yeah. Well, until we get onto Raw. Instead of bonging you, can I Braun? Yeah. Because <laughs> I, I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> you can if you want. Yeah. Cheers, mate. Um, They've cancelled loads of shows on network, man. Yeah, they have. I say loads. I've got three listed here. Yeah, obviously well, they've done more. We we talked about talking smack last yeah, week or week before. Whenever, and now, but now they're smacking talk. It's replaced it as a gorilla show, which was absolutely fucking terrible. When they were, it was fun at first when they're kind of making fun of the whole Kurt Angle thing, and then it just got really silly and just yeah. Anyway, uh, they've also cancelled uh, Edge and Christian's network show, which was actually all right. I enjoyed that towards it got, the end. It got better as it went on. Yeah, the first episode was kind of cringy, but after that, it was pretty good. And the about the rip into Tommy Dreamer, I'm I, I quite find, I find that yeah. amusing because I'm an awful person at heart. And then they've also cancelled our truth game show. Yeah. Uh, so what we're going to do, ladies and gentlemen, is next week on the show for the opening contest. There weren't one this week because uh, we didn't think of one because we're lazy. But next week on the show, the opening contest is going to be what. Could our truth game show possibly been? 
That'll be... I don't know what. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've got to come up with... A, this is for mainly for Graham because he's not yeah. here. But you've got to come up with... Hope a he great, listens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a test, isn't it? Oh, no, he'll definitely listen. He'll be, first, he'll be waiting on something <laughs> on to download this. Okay, so what I want you to do is to come up with the craziest game show idea that you can for our truth So he's the host. Uh, you can have a psychic if you want. Um, and wrestling-related prizes. Mental wrestling-related prizes. Do you know, like we did the um, Kurt Angle thing? Yeah. And then we're severely disappointed the week after. Yeah. We're never going to see this game show. <laughs> so uh, I think Godzilla's going to be coming back, isn't it? <laughs> I, I couldn't possibly say. No? No, not, not quite yet. I'll have to wait till next week. That's your hook. Uh, you want to talk about Roman Reigns versus Samojo versus Braun? Yeah, so on Raw this week, uh, well, there was a thing they announced first. Brock Lesnar came out. And, and I, I'm guess did you watch UFC this weekend? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so John, after, Johnny Bones Jones called him out. Yeah, John Jones um, after Daniel Cormier got horribly concussed. Graham didn't get concussed in the same way. It, it's completely unrelated. But uh, John Jones got back on the mic and called out Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar said, uh, be careful what you wish for, boy, or something like that. Um, and now he's gone on Raw and said... No, he said, be careful what you wish for, young man. Young man. Said. Uh, something like that. Because oh, no, he, he wants... it offensive to call a black man a boy. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. He didn't say that. He said young. He called him young man. Okay, good. Because you know you want to call someone boy amongst other or, or way worse racial things that Conor McGregor has done. Anyway, <laughs> um, I've completely lost my train of thought. Brock Lesnar went on Raw and said that if he didn't, ret- he was angry at Kurt Angle for putting him in this match because it makes it harder for him to retain his title. And if he doesn't, he's leaving. Okay. So that's a whole thing. And then they did a freeway. So what's the kind of one redeeming thing in this whole Roman Reigns thing about him and Samoa Joe in particular? Samoa Joe has always beaten him. Every time they've been in the ring, Samoa Joe has beat Roman yeah. Reigns. Roman Reigns pinned him. 50-50 booking, isn't it? Yeah, like, you could have kept that one. Serious, like, you've, they've done a good Joe by, a good Joe by accident, a good job by accident in building Joe up. It's probably not by accident, I know, before. Like, yeah, but yeah. like... Of the three that was in the match, not who you like, mm. where do you think WWE, out of like the three, who do you think WWE ranks number one out of Roman Reigns, Samojo and Braun Strowman? The Roman. Who do they rank number two? Braun. So does it not make sense? To- do fuck finish. They do fuck finishes every other week. We've seen some, the reason that I didn't watch Battleground is because I got sick of fuck finishes and I couldn't be asked. It was just... And then you were disappointed because you missed the great fucking Carly. Yeah, I missed great Carly turning back up to interfere in a finish again. <laughs> but yeah, like having I, I know that like there was a bit of stuff that led into the pinfall. But at the same time, having Roman pin Joe for the free in the middle of the ring seems completely counterproductive because that's one thing for when Roman eventually does have a title. You've got an instant thing where Samoa Joe pops up and goes, "You know, you never beat him in one on one match, or you never beat him in any sort of match." Me. They'll do the thing you've never beaten me one on one, but he's pinned him. Yeah, we've all seen it, and it's kind of like oh, okay, yeah, but he's, he has beat him though. So it just pissed me off, and yeah. All right. So do you think Brock Lesnar is going to leave for UFC? Because he didn't leave before, did he? He just went and had a UFC fight, and then no, came back. I feel like he might miss WrestleMania. Do you because think? It, if he even if he is back in the testing pools of last week, even though they're denying that he is. Um, he'd still not be available to fight until like January. So, he, so, but he could, he, so yeah, but why can't he ever fight in January? Then be back for WrestleMania. Because when John Jones knocks him the fuck out, he's going to have a medical suspension for ninety days. He's not going to be allowed to wrestle. Why can't you wrestle? It's fake. 
because he'd, he'd have a pretty bad concussion from John Jones knocking the fuck out. I think Vince might let him wrestle. Probably. But if he's got any sense, he won't let him wrestle because John Jones will fucking kill him. And I don't care there's a 50 pound weight difference. John Jones, I think, proved this weekend that he's the greatest like, active mixed martial arts fighter. And he's, he's probably the greatest look, fighter ever, I think. He's de- like, I'd, uh, It's one of those things where I'd love to see him against Pete Anderson Silva and stuff, but that can't happen. Yeah, but I, but I still think he would have been... Uh, and yeah. You know I'm a big Anderson Silva fan. Yeah. I still think John Jones would have absolutely fucking murdered him. Yeah, he's like after watching this weekend because his reach, his reach just help, <laughs> yeah. helps him out so much because he can defend with that reach and he can fucking hit you with that reach and like and he's also not one of them respectful fires. He don't give a fuck <laughs> when not that we're in an MMA, yeah. MMA podcast. We're just because we're on this topic when um, Daniel Cormier was backing away after getting that first head kick. Yeah, he didn't try and take him down like a lot of fighters do. He just swept his leg out from under him. <laughs> Because, like, why not? Then he just yeah. absolutely fucking pounded on his face. It were awful. It yeah. was just... Like, he weren't letting up. He weren't looking at the ref and going, stop this. He was just going, no, fuck this. I'm going to hit you and hit you nice. and hit you as hard as I can <laughs> until the referee tells me to stop. Yeah. Also, the thing, there's been, like, a few whisperings saying that if this does happen, John Jones will probably be on WBTV as well. And they'll hype... Part of the thing that they want to do is have... John Jones come on to WWE type up the fight. What's in that for WWE? Because they're fighting. They get, John, they get a big guy, a big name on their show. I don't think John Jones is a big name. He, he is kind of because they'll hope as well that he'll bring his brothers along. I know one of them's suspended at the moment. But Are his brothers big? They're both. They're both like starting players in NFL. Okay. Yeah, they, his whole family's like athletic freaks. Yeah, but like. Some players are starting players in Premiership, and I couldn't pick them out of the lineup. <laughs> so, like, is that now, they are like they're known? They're okay. not like they're not massive. They're not like um, I'm trying to name an American football player now. Tom Brady. They're not Tom Brady, but yeah, they're they're decent enough. Graham. This is why we need Graham here. This why? is one, because he knows NFL stuff. Okay. He's he was supposed to be going to NFL next month, but he can't now. Oh, that's a shame, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's good reason. Oh well. Um, there's no reason. That's no, not. Rule Britannia, Britannia rules the waves. Oh fuck, Britain. actually, oh, no. No. I, I had to hear that song so many times, and it's just like giving me awful flashbacks, and it makes me angry. What? Uh, I because I, I went to a game this weekend, and the Scottish contingent continually sang that song, and it fucking wound me up. Why? Because uh, why did they sing it? I don't understand. Uh, they're they're kind of they're on that side of the argument compared to the other team. We'll just it's Rangers. That's yeah, I don't know why, why you were skating on the subject. Because Graham will get annoyed that we're talking about football now and we keep going off well, topic. You, wait, did you watch Rangers or Sevco? <laughs> there is no old firm. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they kept singing Royal Britannia. They're, they're very like, they're, they're the Orange Brigade type, you know, if you know the whole idea. It's a great British grumble. Yeah. Brawn. That's better. Uh, so I went to Fight Club Pro. Yeah. In a warehouse in Wolverhampton. But it's good. That's a weird way of starting it, wasn't it? Uh, so one of the weird things Fight Club Pro do is they don't announce all the matches before the show. They announce some of the people who's on the show and they announce like three or four matches. So you don't know what you're getting when you show up. You're probably going to be there till after midnight. They do a lot of things that other companies are ripped for, but they're so good that people don't care. So that's okay. a good thing. Uh, so Spud2002 was there. Oh yeah, I like Spud. Uh, he was helping set up the ring as people came in and then Loki got in the ring with him and taught him some grappling <laughs> in front of all the fans. Yeah. It was great. 
Like, I was sat watching that. Like Loki was legit grappling with him. It was really good. Cool. Uh, the dark match was which, li- which is quite weird when you think about it. Because Loki Lo- was smiling. Loki's and everything. a very serious man. Yeah, he was smiling and everything. He was having a great time at the show. I mean, his mate Caval <laughs> weren't as serious with Lake Hall, but like. Loki's a very serious man, takes us very seriously. I'm quite surprised he would have a bit of a grapple with Spud. <laughs> there was a bit in the main event where he tripped and one of the guys I was with went, you know he's going to be proper pissed off about that and whoever he gets it ringing next is going to fucking feel it. They did. Um, so the dark match, I don't know why it was the dark match, but it was Mark Andrews making his return after his little injury at download where he landed on his head. Oh, yeah. And luckily it wasn't too bad. He was here against Elijah. That was all right. Uh, Mark Haskins defeated Kyle Fletcher. Kyle Fletcher is a faculty pro trainee who's originally from Australia, who is, I think he's 19 and he's ridiculously good. And this was like a really good way of showing him off against a veteran like Mark Haskins. 10 years younger than Graham. Yeah. Uh, freeway match, Jordan Devlin versus Spud and Mark Davis. Is Ma- Jordan J- Devlin still a shit Finn Balor? A little bit. He's got ma- um, if you didn't see how faculty pro advertised this, because the show is called International Techers, Big Men, Big House. Uh, when they advertised John Devlin, they had that thing, but also big men, big house, big head. <laughs> so he came out and used that as his promo saying, I want your, your biggest, baddest competitor to face off with. And Spud came out and then he said, you, not quite. I, I don't want to fight no like straw. So I want someone bigger and better. So he got Mark Davis out, who's also a rookie, but a lot bigger and a lot stronger. They had a really good freeway. Uh, CCK defended, uh, defeated Extra Talented which is Aaron Solo and Ricky Starks. Aaron Solo of Bean Bailey's fiancé fame. Okay. Ricky Starks of almost dropping Kid Like Us on his head again and fucking shit up again. Like, I, I don't hate them as much as like my friends do and stuff, but they are kind of bad. They could be a lot better. This match was... It was all right. They've wrestled each other quite a few times while Extra Talent has been over in the UK, but yeah, there's always something that goes weird in these matches. Afterwards, uh, Jimmy Havoc and Clint Margera made a surprise appearance to challenge CCK to a CCW tag title match at Project Mayhem, which is their biggest show in September. Uh, Omari, who's another Fight Club Pro trainee and is getting pushed to the moon, who pinned Will Ospreay at the last show, defeated Keith Lee in a very, very good match. Um, I wasn't as I wasn't upset about Omari winning this. He won it in kind of like Keith Lee was trying to hit his finish and he got rolled up and it was one of those, but it was a really great match. The world's cutest tag team defeated Bailey Legal, which is Shea Purse of the referee and Martina. Uh, this was very, very silly, as you'd expect from a Joey Ryan match with uh, bumps onto sweets and uh, a double penis suplex spot. Yeah, yeah, it yeah. was. It, it, I enjoyed it. Wait, when you say a double penis suplex, so let me just tell you what my understanding of the penis suplex is. Have you read Mick Foley's book? Well, one of it. I oh yeah, first, the, the Harker Holly. Yeah, yeah. So, for the people that don't know, um, I think it's his first book, maybe his second. Hardcore Holly um, does a vertical suplex on a house. Oh, show to yeah, you have to preface it Go with on. Al Snow doesn't wear underwear underneath his singlet because the lines show up on camera. It was a house show, which yeah. is why they did it to him. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, on the house show, he um, gets put up for a vertical suplex and Hardcore Holly just pulls his singlet to one, pulls also singlet to one side to reveal his head. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now, um, if you've seen the Joey Ryan thing, it's um, where he like hulks up while someone's grabbing his penis. Turns out Shay, the referee, also has this power and they both had Session off at the same time, but eventually she overpowered them and flipped them both. Yeah. Oh, it actually <laughs> makes me feel angry. <laughs> it, it was really good. I, I don't even it. take wrestling that seriously, but it really <laughs> makes me feel angry. 
So then the main event was British Strong Style defeating the World Warriors, which was Travis Banks, Loki, and Jeff Cobb. This match was fucking brilliant. It just went all over the building. They did lots of ridiculous stuff. Jeff Cobb is an absolute monster of a man. He picked up Trent Seven like he was nothing and just like kind of threw him one way, decided against it. Like Trent didn't have to ever like jump for any of his suplexes. He just picked him up, went to throw him one way and went, nah, spin him out the other way and throw him the other so way picked, on my shoulder. So he picked up Tubby Trent? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, he was just throwing people around stuff and I love that type of thing. It was a really good match. Afterwards, uh, Loki... So they set up a match between Loki and Travis Banks because it was miscommunication between those two which led to British Strong Style winning and also Loki said he was going to bring his brother's uh, homicide and uh, the Mad King Eddie Kingston over to Fight Club Pro to face British Strong Style Where was David Richards? David Richards uh, has not come to the UK on the store Why? We can't talk about this because I don't think it's public knowledge so no Okay <laughs> Stop trying to do that <laughs> Just look on his Twitter. Just an you, innocent you, question. Just look on his Twitter and you'll see. We've got on the notes now, progress. Progress. So they had a show this weekend where uh, Pete Dunne went mental. I think that's the best way to describe it. So they're doing the thing where Pete Dunne's not defending the progress title until September at their big show, Ali Pali. And Travis Banks is picking his opponents and he's picking Travis Banks' opponents. So Travis Banks went against Keith Lee. And yeah. that apparently was an amazing match, much like his match with Matt Riddle the week before. Uh, Pete Dunne was against Jack Sexsmith, which if you think of the logic of this, so far Pete Dunne has picked a former UFC fighter and a massive monster of a man to yeah. face off against Travis Banks. And he's picked to face Pete Dunne, a former teacher, <laughs> and Jack Sexsmith, who is not long since like come out of the pro- progress school. But still, like they'd be very good matches and stuff. Um, so Pete Dunne just demolished Jack Sexsmith. Jack Sexsmith nearly won and everything, but then Pete Dunne eventually got the win. Uh, and then after the Travis Banks match, Pete Dunne came back out and tried to cave his head in with a sledgehammer, which led to the very, very big surprise return of the South Pacific power couple, uh, TK Cooper and Dahlia Black, who had their visa had expired and they had to go back to New Zealand. They're now back in the UK, which makes me very happy because... The South Pacific Power Trip are one of the best tag teams going. And I'm really happy that they're You referred to them as the South Pacific Power Couple. Uh, the, the Power, power Couple is TK Cooper and Dahlia Black. The Power Trip is him is TK Cooper and Travis Banks and Dahlia Black. Okay. Yeah. It's one of those CCK things where it goes around in a big circle, but now it's... Do you not think it would have been better if Travis Banks said, I have got an opponent for you, and then his mate came out, and then everybody went, yeah. They like to do the big surprise pop at the end of the show because whatever it's, if they announce it as a surprise opponent, people will like, there'll be a slight thing of like, it probably won't be, but it'd be cool if it were TK Cooper. That'd be everyone. Whereas to do it this way. I didn't realise they announced it before and I thought it was yeah. just like, okay. Oh, well, with Fight Club Pro, there were like a lot of the stuff there wasn't announced in advance. So you get a lot of surprises and stuff. Actually, I should mention my friend hates the push Omari's getting in Fight Club Pro. So. All the way through, we were kind of wondering what Keith Lee's match was going to be. And then Keith Lee comes out and then Omari's music started and he wasn't happy. He was even angrier when Omari won. <laughs> but yeah, um, also Progress News, they announced that the uh, first match for their New York show next in next week, is it? Or two weeks time? I think it's next weekend. Uh, Jack Gallagher is coming into Progress. He's returning to challenge for the UK, WWE UK Championship in New York against Pete Dunne. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a really cool thing. So that's the second time it will have been defended in progress, neither time in the UK. 
He's wrestled him before in progress as well. Well, he beat P. Dunne to get yeah. into the Cruiserweight Classic. So that's a, it's a nice little turnaround because he's now on 205 Live as a semi-popular guy, as popular as you can be on 205 Live. And Pete Dunne's killing it everywhere. Yeah. So who do you think is going to win that? Pete Dunne. There is a few people who think that Jack Gallagher might win it so then they can change the title back at NXT to, so then they, they've got an excuse to put a WWE Championship match, a UK Championship match on the NXT show again. Considering Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bates is probably the best match in WWE all year. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. I just don't think they should take the belt off him just to switch it back. Yeah, but you know, it's 50-50 in it, like you said. Yeah, yeah. Also, um, well, go, on. go on, sorry. I was just going to move on to um, the next topic unless you've got some more progress to talk about. Nope. Okay, so um, it was Shug's Who's Party. Make sure you're getting that right. Well, I know, but like we haven't got our um, token Scottish fella to, <laughs> to actually pronounce words properly for us. Um. Uh, three Shug's Who's Party three four four the okay. fourth edition um, that when was that last weekend yes yeah um, up to recording I've only seen night one but I know what happened so like, I'm mainly going to talk about stuff from night one okay um, but if you want to chip in and it's not a full review it's just bits mm. that I want to talk about so if you want to chip in with stuff that you've seen or you want mm. to talk about that's fine I just want to talk, say that they I didn't see I don't think any of the card beforehand apart from the UK title to- uh, yeah. title tournament title match. Um, so I was quite surprised when Jody Fleisch walked out. <laughs> like, fuck me, Jody Fleisch, what time machine did they get him from to come out? Jesus Christ. Also the fact that he looks exactly the same age, but buffer yeah. nowadays. Like, he's huge, yeah. And then, then out walks super crazy with a face like an ex-Argentinian footballing cake coke fiend. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Does he not look like Maradona to you? A little bit, yeah. Yeah. I mean, a little fat Maradona. Maradona is fat. He is now, but back in... Yeah, because he's on coke, isn't he? like the face and the body... Like, oh, it's, shit, he's you've not got, dead. You've got two different versions of Maradona. Though. I retract my statement. Because on this podcast, no, we, no, o- I, we only slander the dead. I think he has come out publicly and said he's taken cocaine before. Yeah, but is it slanderous if I call him a coke fiend? Um, I don't know. Allegedly a coat fiend. Okay. Allegedly, allegedly that's She's fine. She's the word allegedly if they're alive. Yeah. Um, that were an all right match, surprisingly. I, I can imagine that would be a good match, actually. What, re- what, back in day? See, if it was Spud 2002, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, Jody Fleisch, like, he's, tick- he's not been, like, doing a ridiculous amount of bookings over the years, so... Not since he smacked his face off at stairs yeah. in Liverpool after he's, a fucking shooting star press. He's obviously kept himself in really good shape and Super Crazy is not exactly 90s Super Crazy, is he? So you've got two guys who are veterans who can't do as much as they used to so they can build a match around like what they can do now and actually make it pretty good rather than it be a young high flyer against Super Crazy and Super Crazy trying to keep up. Uh, I also want to talk about the opening match to the first night, which was Mikey Whiplash versus Stevie Boy um, in a dog collar match. Yeah. Um, I like a dog collar match. I don't know if the crowd wasn't mic'd up properly or they were just dead as fuck, but nothing really came across like it got a reaction, to be okay. honest. It was very quiet and it weren't as violent as I would have imagined it to be. ICW has really toned it down on that stuff. Like, yeah, but like you've got a character called the Necromancer that like, <laughs> uh, who they big up as like, oh, he tortures people and all this shit. And then he didn't really torture him. 
Not mm. not that I was looking for like extreme violence because I would have just watched like Tournament of Death. Talking of Tournament of Death, <laughs> it's a proper link, Dan. It's a proper link. We're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. Um, at the end of the match, they um, bring out uh, like some druids bring out a casket <laughs> and uh, they place it on the uh, stage. Then Mikey Whiplash walks up to the casket and I, I I assume the logic behind it is he thinks it's empty. He opens the casket and but turns away as he opens it, but I'm 99% certain that he would have seen who was in it. <laughs> uh, just from the way it was done, it wasn't very well done. Um, but then Jimmy Havoc comes out, uh, this year's Tournament of Death winner, yeah. and uh, beats the fuck out of him. And then he has a weird promo... And he basically announces it. Um, what's their big fear and loathing? Yeah. They're going to do a death fear match. And ten. Yeah, they're going to do a death match. Um, but it's going to be Mikey Whiplash, uh, Stevie Boy, Chris Renfrew uh, himself, and Chris Renfrew. Because Chris Renfrew's doing this thing where he's Mikey Whiplash's bitch or something. Yeah. Yeah. He's got weird eyes. Yeah. Um, so. I'm kind of hoping, the reason why I got on about it not being bloody and violent is that if you're billing it as a death match, <laughs> again, I'm not all for this gratuitous violence, but if you're billing it as a death match, go all out. Yeah, you've got you've got to sort of at least like have a flaming ironing board, haven't you, or something? Yeah, he does like a flaming iron board. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we talk about the UK... Uh, the thing I want to talk about is on night two. So, okay, so uh, they did, they had the UK title match, uh, which was Pete Dunne versus Trent Seven versus BT Gun versus Wolfgang. Um, it was a very very good match. Yeah. Um, all four of them put a shift in. I have two complaints, and they both stem from the same thing, <laughs> and that is the start of the match, which. The start of the match, okay, I'll let it slide a little bit. Um, Pete Dunn and uh, Trent Seven do the Triple H water bottle spot on the on the apron. So they they both drink a bit of water, both spit it out. Pete Dunn can't do it properly, but whatever. Um, while Wolfgang and BT Gun watch. <laughs> and then at the end of the match, when everybody's at the match and they've all been fighting, let's not forget this, like Pete Dunn's turned on Trent Seven in this match. They then all drink from the same bottle of water, which is just wrong anyway. And uh, they didn't even wipe the top of the bottle, so they've basically kissed. <laughs> and um, and then they all, like, two of them get out on side at ring, and other two go up on turnbuckle, and they all do the Triple H water bottle spot. Okay. What's all that about? Yeah. I don't mind in a different company, like Fight Club Pro, when they're all teaming together bloody British strong style that's quite funny when they do it there I think Pete Dunne like he's he has heelish tendencies but he's pretty much a babyface in ICW anyway like he tends to wrestle heels there so well he, well, he came across as a heel to me I get, in this circumstance he'd be the heel in the, with these guys but he's been against guys like Joe Coffey and stuff who were heels in ICW yeah. so yeah it's one of those things yeah ICW right it's gone a bit downhill mate to be honest with you yeah I mean I, I've I've not kept up with it. I, I cancelled my on-demand subscription stuff. Cause... They did announce Rey Mysterio is going to be there the next show. Oh, no, at the Fear and Loathing. That'd be uh, cool if he went in UK pretty much most of August. And RVD is going to wrestle Lionheart, which 
several years ago <laughs> I would have thought would be a dream match. But now I've seen RVD wrestle David Richards and it was just an RVD greatest hits. And I, I know why you're laughing because we've got to we've got to ask the question, did Lionheart pay for the fucking flight? <laughs> well, is this a fair question? He's got previous. <laughs> yeah. And then Kevin Nash is the other guy. Is he? Kevin Nash is like the the GM for the night or something. Okay. He'll be getting paid well. Yeah. It's good on him. Uh, Noam Dar came back on these shows as well, didn't he? Oh, he did, yeah. He was on the Saturday uh, team with Shah Samuels against Joe Coffey and Bram. Bram. Yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Oh, before you do the negative yeah. thing about Bram, sorry, because I, 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 I just want to um, talk about the Lionheart versus... Um, yeah, what happened what's, in that? What's he called? Joe Hendry. Joe Hendry. What happened in that? Because it sounded like they did a double turn. Well, yeah, the, I think w- when Lionheart came out and they were all sort of chanting Lionheart's a fanny, mm. which is brilliant because you mm. know it winds him up. Um, then uh, Joe Hendry came out, but he came out to his local hero music, yeah. which I don't know if that's... I don't know if that's his heel music because he came in as a heel, didn't he, originally doing that? Yeah. And uh, then he started doing all the parody stuff. He didn't have a parody thing. But then he, he came was out. a babyface with that music as well. Though. Okay, but then he came. He came out in his jeans and his knee pads because it's a serious match. Clearly, Legero gear. It's the Legero um, treatment. That one. It's seri- if it's a hardcore match, you put your jeans on. Yeah. Uh, so he popped his jeans on, popped his knee pads off the top of him, and he was ready for a fight. And uh, they had a bit of a scrap, and he. It, 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 the end was really weird. So he he choked out Lionheart. And I know that the whole feud has been, oh, is it a work? Is it a shoot? Hmm. I don't know if he legitimately choked him out or not. I can't. I, I don't know. But if he did, Lionheart weren't that annoyed at the end. But like the, f- the reason I think that is because the promo, he was going, oh, you know I had to do it. You know I had to do it. And he kept saying that to Joe Hendry. Because he kept saying, oh, yeah, you know, we will be friends one day, but not today. And you know I had to do it. You know I had to do it. And I was like, oh, what, what, what did you have to do? Like, have a match? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. So then... Uh, Joe Hendry says, oh, shake my hand. So he, he pick, goes to pick him up. Then Lionheart does a rock bottom. And then everybody was like cheering and chanting for Lionheart. And uh, then as Joe Hendry were getting up, there were quite a few were like, Joe Hendry is a funny <laughs> chance, which... Okay. But uh, they, 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 they couldn't get in sync, the fans. So you what you actually was it sounded like Joe Hendry Joe Hendry <laughs> because where the other ones were starting they started yeah. too late and it was all wrong or it was a round yeah it, that that chant doesn't quite work on a round though because it ends up being like you said yeah uh, so the thing that annoyed me Go on. so they did this ski the scheme wedding between Ravy Davy and Martina and at the end of it so uh, just to clarify that's Martina from uh, Ireland yeah. The uh, the whole point of the wedding was she, she could stay in England, yeah. Yeah. So they had Bram come out for the second wedding in a row and attack everyone. Now I don't necessarily have a problem with intergender wrestling or anything. Wait, wait, you attack everyone. What did he do? Uh, he pile drove Martina. Okay. But and he did that last year as well, didn't he? It's it, yeah. He did it to Viper before. Yeah. So it's that weird thing where it's kind of hypocritical at me at the same time to get annoyed about this type of thing. But I find it weird that a guy who's been accused of domestic violence in the past and was actually charged by police for it, the charges were dropped, but you know what it's like with that type of thing. Um, to have him in a constant angle where he keeps beating up women seems a bit, eh, I, I, I don't know how to feel about it. It's a bit off for my, like, my taste. But I feel like a bit of a hypocrite for, 
You know, because yeah. I've got a Steve Austin shirt, so what does that make me? I'm just fucking rotten. See, all wrestlers are scumbags, though, mate. Yeah. I've come to that conclusion that every single wrestler is just got some kind of dirt on them. Uh, so, like, you're just going to be hating everyone, aren't you? It's like, the, the one guy who seems like the nicest guy in the world seems to be Johnny Gargano, but you know he's got, like, some sex dungeon or something like that. Oh. Uh, allegedly. allegedly. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, joins us after the break for Great Debates. Welcome back. And uh, what? <laughs> it just amused me because how I record it, the, the secret of the game is we don't listen to the full intermission music. We just have the last little bit so we can go into it. So it was just the word fisting. Yeah. And uh, on that note, during the break, we've had an update on Graham. Okay. Uh, he's had a scan and he's got the all clear. We celebrate good times. Come on. <laughs> he's fine. He's got the all clear. Is he actually Adam? I, I've been out of the room, haven't I? He had a CT scan. He's fine. Is that actually a CT scan? Well, that's what he said. Oh, shit. I mean, I don't know if that's... <laughs> I don't know if we could say that, but he's told us it, so fuck it. We answered where, so people can't pinpoint it exactly. Yeah, that's fine. <laughs> anyway, let's go on to the, the main event. Yeah, so um, we're, we're, we're going to have an argument, aren't we? We're going to have a fight. Yeah, do you want to pick first one, because you're closest well, to, to your snapback? We, we've, put, we've got nine topics, three each. Did you actually write three? Yeah, I wrote three. Okay, cool. Yeah. And they're actually in a hat. Hey. I, don't know. I don't know if that showed well, up. That, well, what you did is you just hit your mic with your hand. Yep. That, that was me hitting the mic with the actual hat that we have things in. No, you hit it with your hand. You basically punch the microphone. Cool. Starting early, aren't I? Uh, let's pick the first topic. The first topic is... Bret Hart was always a greater talent than Shawn Michaels. Who wants to start? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is one of Graham's instigating yeah. arguments. Because he obviously is playing to me there because I believe this. Yeah. Like, I think Shawn Michaels had better WrestleMania matches, but Bret Hart overall in his career was much better than Shawn Michaels was. Was he? Well, you know, he didn't have the whole issue with uh, taking drugs and being a dickhead in the ring too much. But could you not argue that that's what makes him better? <laughs> because uh, him and Diesel used to pop pills... During, like just before the main event, so they could get high at the same rate that everybody else was at. Let's use Diesel as a good a good uh, thing for that. Okay, what's Diesel's greatest match? Like Diesel, not Kevin Nash. Let's say just Diesel. What was his best match in WWE? Uh, SummerSlam '95 against King Mabel. <laughs> You're talking shit. It was Survivor Series '95 versus Bret Hart in the match that had the first table bump in WWE. WrestleMania 11. Um, it was him versus Shawn Michaels. Yeah, where the, Pamela Anderson were there. Yeah, where Shawn Michaels tried to get him gassed out in like the first five minutes. Yeah, which is yeah. funny <laughs> as fuck. But yeah, uh, Bret Hart versus Kevin Nash is one of my favourite matches of all time. It's one I go back because it's... I think it's the first match where I realised that wrestling psychology existed. Because I was still quite young, but that was the time when like everything made sense to me. Where it's like, okay, he's the smaller guy. He's attacking his legs. He's doing all this underhand stuff, but he's not necessarily a bad guy because that's how, he, cause that's how he'll have to beat Kevin Nash. He needs to take him up, take his legs out from underneath him. And then the finish I absolutely loved where uh, Kevin Nash, Diesel, knocks him off of the ring apron through the table, which is the first time that had ever happened in WWE. Uh, so as a kid, that was the first time I'd ever seen it. So I thought, what the fuck? He's dead. 
like compared to now and I watch Tournament of Death and shit and like uh, it's the only table in it uh, he drags Bret Hart's lifeless body back into the ring tries to pick up for the jackknife Bret just falls back to the floor and Kevin Ash like looks like well I have to hit my move and then as he goes to pick him up a second time Bret Hart puts him in a small package and pins him and that is one of the greatest matches in my opinion in WWE yeah. history and that just shows what type of former Bret Hart is compared to Shawn Michaels Shawn Michaels can get good matches with good people. He can have good, like later oh, on in his career. Mate, right. Later on in his career, he was a lot better. But Bret Hart, I feel when like he came back in two thousand and two, yeah, right? he was much better. Shawn then. Michaels is basically the take that of professional wrestling because <laughs> the, he, he dodges tax. He dodges tax, right? Allegedly, um, no, because right. <laughs> hear me out on this because I realize no I realize I realize what Guy Barlow did dodge tax. That's like it's did, did the it? thing, yeah. Okay, well, yeah, but not all of Take That. You can't oh. say all of Take That did. Okay, Gary Barlow did. Let's carry on. <laughs> Fucking hell. Robbie Williams is innocent. He just wants to entertain you. So um, you've got the start of the career, and like, all the girls loved him, um, and everything like that. Ah, yeah, and all the girls love Shawn Michaels. Yeah, heartbreak kid, yeah. He didn't have a buzz eye at this point. <laughs> and then, like, the sp- Take That split up, Shawn Michaels had, oh, bad back. Um, slash drugs and then and probably take that ad drugs at that point as well we'll just say they did allegedly it's fine yeah. is one of them dead no that's him off a of boy zone it's fine um, <laughs> I was thinking of Stephen Gately different boy yeah. band different boy band for different needs right so <laughs> <laughs> oh dear carry on then when they came back you just had to have a little patience and then they got the Morrison's deal and they you, you're such a big star to me off of Morrison's and that. And Shawn Michaels, he had his SummerSlam match against Triple H. Yeah. Elimination Chamber match. He had a bit of a shitty Bob haircut and you can liken that to when... The brown chaps. And you can liken that to when Take That just had four of them. Yeah. Because Robbie weren't back. Then Robbie came back and Shawn Michaels were having five-star matches with everybody at WrestleMania. He's, he's like, take that. So what era is Shawn Michaels... Like, the, there's three members of Take That now. Yeah. So what era of Shawn Michaels is that? Well, that's clearly that's, that's clearly retired and doing shitty Christian films. <laughs> and then killing deer. <laughs> With his boz eye. And his yeah. bald spot. Like, I, I'll, I won't disagree that Shawn Michaels, since he came back in 2002, was amazing. But I'll always feel like Bret Hart's run in WWE, especially, because we will cover his WCW run one day. Everything up until the match with Shawn Michaels at Survivor. Can you reread the statement, please? Bret Hart is was always a greater talent than Shawn Michaels. Always was always always a greater talent. Okay, if we put the two times. Joe, Joe, Joe and Bret Hart came back after injury. He won United States title, didn't he? Oh yeah. What, what fucking else did he do? You're making a good point here. That was really bad. Oh, Shawn dear. Michaels came back from injury, and he, he you know he, he he wowed the crowd. Let's say. Brett was better until he got fucked, and then when but Sean kind of got better at that point. So it went from this: I'm doing Brett higher, Sean lower, and then they cross paths. So actually, it evens out over time. So they're probably equal. Yeah, 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 fuck, Graham. Yeah, fuck you, <laughs> fuck you, Graham. We we agreed on something. Do you want to pick the next one? Yeah, I'll pick one. I'm hoping I don't pick one that I've written. I mean, <laughs> don't matter. Cause... <laughs> oh, it is. <laughs> Pro wrestling needs more freaks. <laughs> you know what? Um, today, <laughs> today, uh, I was fit. I was at work, and it's been a bit of a tough day. 
And I just went on my phone for a bit, brief period, and one of the gift makers, a jockey, I think it was, was posting gifts of the little bloke from Mexico who wears like the full like fluorescent monkey suit. Oh yeah. And he, he his spots all just seem to be him waddling across the ring and then just kind of like punching a guy once or slapping him and then waddling off again. And how fucking mince that? Yeah. We're not even arguing about this though, are yeah, we? Yeah, there's no argument to be had. Next, yet. let's I, pick I it up. Like, I feel like we do need a few more freaks and geeks and yeah. Beers. So do I. So let. Yeah. I just like little midget fellas running about. <laughs> if it weren't the cruiserweight division, they brought back the junior division. <laughs> yeah, it, you you need those little side. I mean, we've got great Carly back. I don't know exactly how much. Yeah, so. he counts as a freak. Yeah, we need to get him singing "Happy Birthday" again. Next topic. Oh, it's one of yours again. You can what? tell because it's in different pen to everyone else's. Star ratings for matches don't really matter, and we take them too seriously. Well, you've written too seriously. What? But, All right. Yeah. <laughs> don't be don't you dare We're arguing. Correct, We're don't arguing. you dare correct my fucking grammar <laughs> don't you dare my grammar is terrible due to laziness I I my, mine was written very quickly just before we That's started beside recording the point we haven't got graham here to correct either as it's fine right uh, let's keep agreeing on the fact graham i actually here. cannot believe you're correct to my <laughs> grammar then yeah I, I was doing it for graham graham would have right, definitely okay. pulled you up on that one anyway so where do you stand on the star rating system Oh, it's Dave Meltzer's opinion, isn't it? We're not going to disagree on some of these things, are we? we I need... feel like mine were more catered towards arguing with Graham. Yeah, it definitely was. Uh, with the star ratings, we do put a bit too much into them, I agree. But then it's kind of a good guide as well of what to watch and what not to watch. But then you have to keep in mind that it is Dave Meltzer's opinion. But I'm the type of guy who I agree with Dave Meltzer a lot in terms of the type of matches he likes. I just don't give a fuck about any of the star ratings until he gave people six stars. <laughs> until, he got really, until he got silly with it. Yeah, this is going to go really quick because we keep agreeing on. Stuff, yeah, but there, there are ones in there we will argue next. Yeah. Pick, pick next one. Pick it's, your a, turn. it's my turn. Right, let's pick a different one. He's picking it out of the hat. Oh, this one. Oh, this one's got a different color pen. Yep. NXT has damaged the US indie scene. Yeah, it has. So NXT came along, and I feel like since NXT came along. The US indie scene has just dropped because NXT kind of took up all the best US indie guys and has left the companies with kind of nothing. Uh, Hangman Page. Cheeseburger. And also you've got people positioning themselves in ways now to make sure they get to WWE. So a lot of people are leaving. Like Ring of Honor isn't really an indie company anymore, but I'll, I'll include them in this. Ring of Honor has lost a ridiculous amount of talent because people are going to Evolve because they know Evolve will release them the moment WWE sniffs at them. And it's just that where NXT seems to have, it's not even for the better now. It was at first when like there was, they were taking like the cream and like cream of the crop, but now they're just kind of getting anyone they can who they think's half decent and just swallowing them up into NXT. And unlike the WWE, when they do the UK stuff where they're still doing the UK scene and stuff, and it's actually helping it in a way um, with the US scene, it just kind of got left barren and there's not as many big names there now to draw people in. Because apart from PWG, every other company, like what big names have they got? Guys like, like as much as I like these guys, it, like Keith Lee's probably one of the bigger names on the Indies now. Uh, Ethan Page. Matt Riddle. Are, Matt Riddle, yeah. Like they're probably the biggest names going around at the moment that I can think of the top of my head. Because even guys like Leo Rush and Donovan Dijak who have been all over the place, they're going to be now as well. So I feel like the US Indies scene, which like for me as a fan, when I discovered the US Indies, like that was amazing to me that, this whole scene existed that was really great wrestling and all these great guys and slowly like it's kind of eroded now that I don't really pay attention to much of it. Could you not make the argument that uh, the US indie scene 
has just not got as many stars or as many good wrestlers rather than NXT damaging it. Because if... Because all the promotion... Well, I say all the promotions still exist, but like promotions still exist. Yeah. And what you're saying is people are signing with Evolve, so NXT will release them. Uh, so they'll release them yeah. for NXT. Well, surely then Evolve is amazing. It should be. It's all... I, I enjoy Evolve. Okay. But there's stuff about their product that could be much better. Like the production value of their product is terrible considering how much money gets pumped into it. Like the type of venues they run and stuff. But I, I, I enjoy about, I'd say, 50% of stuff Evolve put on. But what I'm, but also what I'm saying though is that the ta- talent-wise, hmm. how, how has NXT damaged the indie scene? Because they've signed... Like WWE have signed wrestlers that they deem good enough yeah. for developmental. I get the feeling now it's a bit different because we're getting to see the developmental thing. And once they're gone from there, it's more of a visible thing. When they're, then when they were going to FCW, for instance, they were outside out of mind. So then you could have new people come up and replace them. Whereas now, so like Chris Hero, Chris Hero has just gone to NXT. He went to NXT at the beginning of this year. Um, who's replaced him in terms of think? Keith Lee's probably the nearest thing to a sort of replacement, but at the same time, Cassius Ono still on NXT TV. What do you mean by replacement, though, mate? Because like, so like, whenever WWE has taken like big names from the Indies, there's always been someone to step up. But when NXT came along, and because of how quickly it grew, they took a lot more than they normally would, and they weren't out of sight. They're on WWE Network every week, so you're still seeing them every week, and you're still seeing them like they were on the Indies. Whereas the indie companies haven't necessarily been able to produce enough talent to replace the ones who've gone elsewhere. But the indie companies don't produce talent, do they? Like it, it, somebody, they have there has to be a training school that the wrestlers go to or the potential wrestlers go to, and then the the indie company books the wrestlers. So do we not just argue that the training shit? It could be that. It's just. It doesn't seem like there's the amount of like big names coming out now as there was. Like even I'm trying to think of a good example now, but I've got myself muddled. <laughs> um, so yeah, like the few examples we gave, they're from like all, all over dotted around the country, but they can only fill so many shows. And then like, how many big indie names can you think from the US, like outside of the ones that we gave earlier? Like, that's not fair because I don't follow US indie okay. wrestling. I don't really follow indie wrestling. Um, but the nearest but, thing we've got, even back could, in day, I, I wouldn't have been able to list you. I'd say more than ten. Yeah, I mean, you could stretch this argument to Ring of Honor as well if you didn't include them in the indie scene thing, because Ring of Honor put exclusive contracts on a lot of guys. Sorry, so when they bring people up as well, yeah, it means that these guys you can still see them in Ring of Honor and stuff. But for me. New Japan's involvement in Ring of Honor has fucked Ring of Honor. Oh yeah, yeah. That that's for me because before, like, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'm getting my timelines muddled up a bit, but they had Jim Cornette for a while, yeah, and he kind of fucked it a little bit, yeah. And they've had Delirious booking it for a while, which he he kind of seems to be a bit stale now, yeah. Um, and like, I just feel like having relying on all the New Japan guys rather than just having your own unique talent, yeah. I think that's what's fucked Ring of Honor over. Yeah, it has quite a bit. Because, I mean, like, what's the top thing in Ring of Honor at the moment? The Bullet Club, a new Japan creation. It's a slightly different version of the Bullet Club, but still... Yeah, and I I get having things that are hot. Yeah. But it's the thing that's hot that you don't own. 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? So like they don't own the Bullet Club. They're allowed to use it, but they can't monetize the Bullet Club. They can't release a Bullet Club t-shirt. They can't release because Ring of Honor have got action figures now. They can't release Bullet Club action figures. Yeah. Um. They can't release a Bullet Club DVD. Like they they they've got round DVDs in the past, like with Kevin Steen, because uh, when Owens came up to the main roster, mm. they released Best of Steen DVD. And with Punk and Joe, they did the same thing, but luckily Punk and Joe kept their names. Yeah. Uh, and so they, they can monetize things in a certain way, but I just think that, and it is like, it is a, we're getting onto a different debate here yeah. from what we're discussing, but I just feel like with Ring of Honor, what they should do is focus on them. So they can still use uh, Buddy Marty Skirl. Yeah. They can still use the Young Bucks, but I just think that they should do what a lot of, like if they want to be taken seriously, like what our top companies do and have their own storylines, their own factions. But then you probably get into um, like politics of, well, uh, in Japan, they he can't, he can't pin him in America because he's in a team with him in Japan or some bullshit yeah. like that. So you do get politics for that. But then make your own fucking stars. Yeah, I feel like, I agree that there needs to be a bit more like emphasis on trying to build people up a bit more rather than just relying on the Ring of Honor or names and stuff like that. So we're going to the next topic. Okay. Drawing it out, ready? New Japan is the only interesting promotion in wrestling today. Okay. See, I feel like Graham's written this one to get me going, but I feel like it's the most interesting, but I don't feel like it's the only interesting well, one. Well, let's let's have that debate then, the most interesting, because I disagree. Yeah. Uh, I feel like I will preface it like I, I tend to be like the halfway between you and Graham, don't I? A lot of times, I've yeah. Just, it, it, that's just hit me again. Uh, for me, New Japan's most important because they treat it like a sport, and they treat, wait. They mo- present, most important and most interesting. Is most different. interesting, sorry, okay. because they present it in a way that I prefer. I want my wrestling to be realistic and be treated like a sport, and to have characters that are grounded in reality, and to be this whole thing like like the whole G one that's going on at the moment. That is amazing to me because it's it's a grueling tournament. It's the type of thing like like I mean you're both football fans. The the league is the most interesting thing to British football fans. Yeah. It's the opposite of in America where the playoffs are the big deal in the season of leagues to get to the playoffs. Uh, for us, like the, for you the Premier League with your team, for me the championship. Going week in, week out and seeing our team, seeing how they're doing, looking at the league table to see where they can finish, all that stuff is the type of thing we grew up on. So the G1 is the wrestling equivalent of that. You've got 10 people in each league and you get to, as it goes on, it's a bit more intense because it's games every other, it's matches every other day. But it's that whole feeling of this is a real sport and it's actual athletic competition almost because you know that whereas the matches, like obviously it's all pre-planned and everything, at the same time, it's a grueling schedule and you know that because all the wrestlers have get legit injuries in it and stuff because it's such a grueling schedule having to work that style of match night in, night out. So that becomes a part of the story, knowing that someone gets through to the final and how beat up they are and everything, and it makes it realistic. And that's why New Japan's the most interesting promotion in the world to me. Okay. Um, I don't feel New Japan is in the most interesting promotion in the world because I feel like the world isn't interested in it. Japan's interested in it, and a select number of fans in other countries are interested in it. And I think that's partially because there's a big language barrier. Yeah. So when we've tried to watch, I say we've tried, when I've tried (laughs) to watch 
Japanese shows because like I think I mentioned last week or week before, like it was it was Bullet Club and it was like Nakamura that got me yeah. interested in Japanese wrestling. I'd not watched any of it. I, I might have seen I'm I'd I'd been to like Noah shows when they come over here and I'd been to Dragon Gate yeah. shows when they came over here, but I'd never actively gone out to watch a Japanese show from Japan. Yeah. Uh, until I'd heard of Bullet Club and I'd heard of Nakamura and I was wanting to watch them and see what they were about. And uh it was still like Bullet Club got me because obviously they were doing like a lot of English based stuff because that's their sort of gimmick. Yeah. And Nakamura got me because of his like charisma. When we've watched stuff before in the promo packages and stuff like that, there's nothing for an international audience there. Yeah. That surely their next biggest fan base outside of Japan is the English speaking audience. Hence why they're going to America to try and do stuff. Also, why they have the deals with Ref Pro and Ring of Honor to come over to these countries. Yeah. And I feel like they don't do enough. Like, their stuff should be subtitled. Hmm. If if when, when Naito's cutting a fucking promo, or when Okada's cutting a promo, or Gay, is it Gado that comes out with Gado, him? Yeah. Yeah, Gado comes out with, with him and he cuts a promo, hmm. and I don't know what he's saying, uh, and I, I switch off. Yeah. See, that might be Little Englander, but if I don't know what their top star that's got the fucking bell is saying at the end of the show I'm like right is he is he turning heel now because I mean it could happen mm. but like I don't know See, like I agree with those points we talk, we've talked about it before that I feel like there needs to be a bit more inclusion it's especially the promo packages like it's harder to do the live promos and subtitle them no but I mean at a later date subtitle yeah, at them. least have someone next to the commentary team who can translate to the commentary yeah, team yeah they do that at UFC it. UFC when yeah. they've got like um, foreign corner uh, yeah. corner teams like they have Portuguese translated for Brazilians yeah. and stuff like that they so, could just have them sat with the yeah. English commentary team saying he's just said this the nearest thing we've got is Chris Charlton who posts on Twitter and he'll normally translate the things but that's yeah exactly if, I'm, if yeah. I'm not watching live then how, how am I meant to follow that yeah exactly um, I feel like they can do a better job of the promos and stuff of the like promo videos before the matches and stuff the weird thing is like since like I've been watching it quite religiously I kind of know the Naito promo like, Naito kind of cuts the same promo every night. Um, Okada's always starts with three things. Gado will talk about how he's the greatest wrestler and the rainmaker and the champion. Um, it's things like, like you get the use, use of the rhythm. Obviously, like, I don't know exactly what they're saying. Like, Okada, when he does the three things, will mention normally one, one thing about his opponent, one thing about his performance, and the third thing says, there is no third thing. I'm, I'm going to make it rain. But I yeah. thought the three things were going to be hustle, loyalty, and respect. <laughs> But yeah, I, I agree with you. They need to do more to introduce themselves to an international audience. But in terms of like me think it's the most interesting thing, at the same like most of the time I feel like they do a good enough job portraying the characters without the promo. Like in terms of like how Naito is in the beginning of his matches, you know exactly what he's all about. With Okada from his entrance and everything, you know exactly what he's about. You don't necessarily need the language. Well, you know what Okada's all about, is that what you said? Yeah. Dear though, because he's their big baby face. Yeah. I think he's got a heel entrance. I, I've always felt that, but there's so, a thing. So you so don't a, really know what he's there's about. There's a weird story thing going on at the moment in the, during the G1 where he's actually getting fired up now, and he's like proper, like going, "Come on!" and stuff like that to the crowd and stuff, getting like g'd up and everything. Okay, which that's playing out kind of strangely. Um, but yeah, he's always had kind of a heel entrance. But you get the idea of the overall character, which was it's the same as what it was when he comes in. He's 
the he's the maid guy. He's there with the booker of the company. We're not supposed to know he's the booker, but everyone does. It is a bit weird though, isn't it? Yeah. The booker comes out and tells you to cheer for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's just been really obvious with those things, but like because the same kind of fan hates it that Vince is Vince isn't yeah. even out there. But there's like lots of memes and stuff like that. We're going, oh, push Roman and all this yeah. shit. And it's like the booker's there. Yeah. It's one of those things. And then like with Naito, how he like with Okada he comes out wearing the flashy gear and stuff. He's the rainmaker. For big matches, he had, he literally makes it rain money and stuff. That's all part yeah. of his character. But then you get during the match, you get to see those intricacies that he isn't just a rich kid. Now he is actually a champion, and he's got fighting spirit and all that stuff. Uh, with Naito, he's the disrespectful heel, even though he gets cheered more than most people. Like it, the way he does the thing where he'll like run the ropes in a match and do lots of stuff and like slap the guy's head and stuff just to annoy them, and then just go down into his pose on the floor. Like I feel like they do such a great job at showing the characters and everything without having to speak. Whereas in WWE, a lot of the times it's just like you get a lot of generic stuff until they eventually properly introduce them. Yeah. And you get that with a lot of companies too. I feel like New Japan presents stuff so much better in that term. And again, it's more the thing that it's more of a sporting type thing. You don't necessarily need all the promos and the storyline. They can literally have two guys. One of my favorite stories in New Japan is Ishii and uh, Makabe. So they had a feud a few years ago for the Never title. And in the past two years, they've met in the G1. They won't see each other at all, hardly, for the rest of the year. They won't go near each other or anything. Everything's fine. The moment they're across the ring from each other, they beat the 10 bells of shit out of each other because that's a rivalry that they've always had and they'll always will have. They're just two guys who hate each other and every time they get the chance, they'll go after each other. And you don't have to have seen the previous matches. Like, you can see, like, as soon as those two get in the ring, Maccabee will instantly, like, see, see Ishii and walk over to him and try and get at him, and the referee has to stop him. And it's like, oh, there's something here. And every time they just go at each other, and then you find, oh, well, it's actually this long story thing. But instantly, you know, those two hate each other. Again, that's one of my reasons why I think they're the most interesting. Are they more interesting than that women's erotic wrestling that you've got a DVD of? Yeah. It's quite disappointing, that. Is it? I mean, the problem with that women's erotic wrestling was you kind of want to see tits, but at the same time, like it had actual decent wrestlers on it as well. And it was during time when I really liked my women's wrestling. I still do, but I really liked it at the time. Okay. The women's matches that are supposed to be proper wrestling aren't to the caliber I expected. And the if, nudity isn't to the caliber, caliber you wanted. If the Dan of yesteryear was here today, would he be wearing I am a hugger t-shirt? Uh, probably not. So you're not one of them kind of women's wrestling fans then? I don't know. Um, I had a Daisy Hayes t-shirt. but Yeah, yeah but did it say <laughs> I'm a hugger? No, it just said Daisy Hayes on it. Okay, that's, yeah. <laughs> I'll allow that. It's Because it's the I'm a hugger one that gets me. Because yeah. you just know that they want to hug I Bailey. Mean, I, I look like the type of guy who wear that type of thing. I'm not judging your looks. Yeah. I'm just saying that... Fat bearded bloke, they're the type of wear the I'm an hugger shirt. Well, um, <laughs> let's pick the next one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting self-deprecating again, but it's kind of serious. Right, this is this is one of mine. Okay, it sounds like we've like fixed this because I've picked out a few of mine, but I think you've picked out. Oh, you've picked two of your three. So yeah, Mick Foley isn't as bad as we make him out to be. <laughs> <laughs> I well, I think we've said before in the show we all used to be massive fans of Mick Foley. Yeah, I mean, like, I, I mean, up, up until like a month ago, I I bought the Cactus Jack reprint t-shirt yeah. that he did on Pro Wrestling Tees. So yeah, um, he isn't as bad. It's just he's very easily to poke at, isn't he? 
Right. Well, we 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 kind of are going to agree on this. Let let's yeah. rephrase it. Um, Mick Foley has ruined his legacy. Yeah. Right. I disagree. Okay, that's fine. We can we can we can have I, this. I fight. mean, yeah, because a lot of fans look at him now as kind of like the sad case who went to TNA and had really bad matches and refused to retire and kept having shitter and shitter matches. And then the whole thing where he's kind of creepy around the women and the awkwardness about him being GM yeah, and but all that less, stuff. Yeah, but you say a lot of fans, right? Let's not even count TNA because fans of like... <laughs> no, no well, well sorry, Fans yeah. of RVD and Kevin Ash and Christian and people like mm. that would go up to them and say, have you retired from wrestling? Why don't you wrestle anymore when Christian's fucking NWA champion? So let's... As much as we... Might have okay. seen that. Not many people have seen the that. The Mick Foley Ric Flair feud. I enjoyed that. I think I enjoyed it at the time, but looking back at it now, it's kind of sad. Well, I've not looked back at it, so like, I... yeah. And it's that thing where it's like he qu- he loses an I quit match for Melina, and then Melina turns on him, and it's just kind of playing to the stereotype I just talked about about him being a sad sap for the women. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. But I just feel like And he was far past his best like by that point. Yeah. But you can yeah, but you can argue that Flair was far past his best at that point as well. Yeah. Neither of them should have been in ring together. Yeah. Um I don't know, like I don't I feel I don't feel like you've ruined his legacy. Like I, th- I think he had like so many memorable moments just in the WWE, like not even yeah. counting stuff he did before. Um and like as much as Dude Love is kind of a joke character that he sort of made made up before he came to WWE. Um, he had a really good um, street fight that I remember with Steve Austin and Vince was the special referee. Um, and I think... Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, I think that over was... the edge? Maybe. I think it was the one where um, McMahon did a promo saying something like, only my hand can count the pinfall. Yeah, yeah. And he was... gets knocked out and then Undertaker slides in and counts the hand with, counts the pin with Vince's hand. Um so yeah, so he had like memorable moments we do as do love, memorable moments as mankind, obviously, memorable moments as Cactus Jack. Like if you th- think like he made Triple H, like as much as you might want to argue otherwise, but he, he did. He made Triple H. Like if and and I I am a hypocrite because if somebody did it nowadays, I would be like, You're a fucking moron. But he threw himself off that fucking cage. Like, he got back up, climbed up it, and got thrown through the cage, um, which at the time, I mean, at the time, that was, like, my number one fucking yeah. match ever. Like, with my wrestling figures... It's I'd, still up I'd, there. With my wrestling figures, I'd do the Hell in a Cell match, like, I I, I had, like, a proper fed going. Ever since, after every video game that had the Hell in a Cell in it, yeah. you ran up to the top of the cage as soon as you could, I bet. Well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. Like, I, I had a fed going, and... I'd say once, twice a month, there'd be a Hell in a Cell match and Mick Foley would be involved and he'd get lobbed off of it through like a pile of tables. Like, it, he, he's just like, he just brings good memories and I just, he, like, he'd have, he, I don't know, like, he, it was sad seeing him as general manager this time. And sad struggling to get around, and yeah, and sort of sad that Stephanie emasculated him, and sad that he had that argument with Daniel Bryan on that WWE Network show, and I laughed at him. <laughs> but I just don't, I don't think he's ruined what he did before. Then I just think that it's like 
It's like Shawn Michaels. He's like he's like the, he's like Mick Foley. is like the take that of <laughs> <laughs> no no. But seriously, it's it's like two different parts of his career. Yeah, and I think if you shut it off around the Edge match, if you shut it off there, it's made, perfect. yeah, he, he he had that really good street fight with Edge when he would pass Foley yeah. uh, past his prime. He had that good street fight with Orton. Yep, I'll go say that one as well. Yeah, like Orton took the thumbtack bump. Yeah, like it was. Here's, here's my question. Go on. Mick Foley's doing another one of his stand-up tours. He's going to be at Manchester. Are you going? This, that's not fair because I don't like them kind of things anyway. I don't like. I don't, I don't like them. And but if it was Mick Foley in his prime, would you have considered it? Yeah. Whereas now, no, but, you no, think it'd be a bit shit because it's not, and it's not your thing as well. It's it's difficult. It's <laughs> it's a difficult thing because like. I don't think I'd go if it were in Sheffield, to be honest with you, which is a lot closer than Manchester. <laughs> See, I said Manchester because I know that you didn't want to go to the Bruce Pitchard thing because that was in Manchester. <laughs> yeah, like... So, see, it's... The, the, the whole stand-up... Thing is, I've been a lot turned off from meeting wrestlers, to be honest with you. Mm. Um, and I'll tell you for why. Uh, one PW, a cruel twist of fate. I were there. I don't owe you money. And uh, Raven were there. Prick. And well, this is the thing, right? When he left WWE, like I was never a massive Raven fan. I never saw him in ECW before. I've I've gone back and watched him. I never saw him in ECW. So in WWF, never never a massive fan. I liked him in Hardcore Division. Mm. Uh, then I saw his stuff in TNA. I was like, this guy's fucking good. Like, why weren't you like this in WWE? <laughs> I didn't realize he could be a main eventer. I heard of his Ring of Honor stuff. Didn't really see it. But I knew he was really good in TNA, and I was like, I really like Raven. He's one of my favorite. Like, just just th- imagine this: just his TNA run, he became one of my favorite wrestlers, right? And one PW brought him over. I was like, I really want to meet Raven, and he was just a massive fucking dickhead. I walked up to him with my little wrestling figure that I had of him, and I was like, Oh, can you sign this for me, please? Five dollars, and I'm like. <laughs> No, I just want you to sign it, please. I've, I've, it's mine. I've bought it. F- Five dollars. No, no, you don't. Start, I've bought this. This is mine. I own this. I just want you to put your autograph on it. Now, I understand the need to make money, right? Yeah. There were no sign on his table that said that he wouldn't sign my shit for free, or yeah, mm-hmm. we're going to charge me. He eventually signed it, but he just like scribbled on it and then fucked me off. And I was like, "Oh, you're a prick." So I'm a bit turned off from meeting wrestlers now because I just imagine that all of them are going to be arseholes. I just have social awkwardness, so I don't like doing it that often. No? But yeah, I get you, I get your meaning with that stuff. Yeah. Uh, we've not got long before, as usual, finishing time, so, so we've got three one? more topics. Are we picking one? Yeah. I'll, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll pick this next one, and you can pick that one. I've put one to the side because I want that one to be last. Because okay. I, I know what all three of the last ones are. Oh, so we're not picking one. We're picking them all. Okay. Yeah. So... This was Graham's final one, I think. Brit Rest has already peaked and he's on a downward slope. Uh, ICW has already peaked on a downward slope. Yeah, ICW probably is. I disagree. I, I think that progress is still at its peak. Yeah, Be- pro- progress is still selling out shows in 30 seconds. And yeah, stuff. like progress, like tickets are like rocking or shit. Yep. Um, yeah, but I, I do, I, I actually agree with that statement that like, for the most part, it's it's peaked. I think on the upper level it might have done, but on the lower level it's still growing because now you're getting the knock-on effect where companies like Attack are getting to run Thursday night shows. You've got Lucha Forever running across the country. You've got 
um, Fight Club Pro have moved from a small venue to a bigger venue, and they've had to reconfigure that bigger venue already to fit more people in. Like the smaller companies are still growing and producing talent at a really like ridiculous rate. There's guys who were just like the guys I mentioned earlier from Fight Club Pro, Kyle Fletcher, Matt Davis, Omari. They've not been wrestling too long, and yet they're already ridiculously good. And they're going to be the big names coming up. I know two of them aren't from England, so they'll probably have to go home at some point. But we've got so many great talents still coming up through these smaller companies that will eventually reach your progressors and your Vev Pros and ICWs and stuff. I feel like we're still a little bit away from the full peak of what Brutus can be. It could, as far as I'm concerned, it can carry on growing. I know there will be a point where, because, you know, there's peaks and troughs in all scenes and like we talked earlier about the US indie scene. It's, it's in a trough right now, whereas Britain, Britain's in a peak. Japan's starting to come back up now. All Japan is starting to get better crowds. Some of the smaller companies are starting to get bigger crowds. You're starting to see that across the world. It's just America where it's a bit shit. Um, but yeah, I feel like Britrest still has got a little way to go. I've got a feeling by next September, Progress will have to find another venue for their big shows because Ali Pali won't be big enough. They'll have to find somewhere else. I think the thing with Progress is the way they handle their fans. They brand their fans as ultras, yeah. which I rip the piss out of. But it's good marketing because yeah. it makes you feel a part of it. Yeah. And it, 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 that Jim Small, when he does his little speech at start, which pisses me off, but it's smart because he makes it feel like he's your mate. You know, what? The, and it's the thing at the end of the show as well. He does it. He does a lot of things yeah. at the end of the show, and as he well. thanks everyone done it. Yeah. And stuff. So and, like. And then they do that thing where the fans can like pay to have the name on the ring, can't they? Yeah. It, I think with Progress, it's a bit of a different beast than everything else because that's the only company that does all that kind of stuff. And I'm not saying that um, we shouldn't count them yeah. because of that. But what I'm saying is that they're smart enough that they've come up with all these different things to keep sort of keep people coming back. Yeah. Whereas I think a lot of companies... Um, they rely on names, and I'm not mm. not I'm not even saying like import names. I just mean in general names in general. Like that, it, like for me, if um, what was the the one that came to Corp? What was that? Southside. Southside, yeah. I would only go to see Southside if they brought a name. Mm. Um, if Southside if Southside rocks up with the same roster, with, uh, mm, with the same it's difficult. So I would say same roster as ICW, but in the same respect. That'd be an ICW show. Yeah. They're sort of the same level names as ICW, but not mm. the same roster, if that makes sense. I wouldn't go to see them. I, I, I go to watch ICW based on their previous events, not based on what they're like now. And I like certain wrestlers on there, so I'll go to watch them. We're going to go watch Progress soon. That's mainly because you've reviewed them and you've given good reviews. I've not seen a Progress show before. Mm. Um, Other than that... I won't go watch a British wrestling show, to be honest. See, I feel like we're in a point as well where the British names are the draw. I don't really feel like a lot of fans need... Once you've kind of discovered the British guys, then they're the draws for you. And the imports are just like, oh, it'll be great to see the British guy against that import. Whereas it used to be, well, the import's over, we should put him against a guy and raise him up. Now it's like, we were at Fight Club going, I wonder which British guy Keith Lee's going to be against. It's that type of thing now, and we're still growing in that sense as well. Like the bigger, like as long as Pete Dunn's got involved with WWE stuff, that'll help. Progress continuing to grow. RevPro um, seem to be strengthening their relationship with other companies to help them grow. Even what culture I feel like now, like definitely in my eyes at least, they've improved a lot of stuff in terms of how they present themselves. 
and are bringing in a, like they've still got their big casual audience, but they're bringing in a few more guys who are like me with some of the names. Like they've got fucking Kushida in Sheffield. Yeah, Kushida's one of my favorite. Like they've literally got my two favorite active wrestlers like outside of WWE. At, well, probably my two favorite wrestlers at the plug in Sheffield. Zack Sabre Jr. and Kushida. Like I'm, I'm really happy about that. I'm going to it. Like I bought my ticket straight away because like, I've got to see that show. It's yeah, one of those things in it. But yeah, Brit Rest has continued to... Uh, call it Brit Rest seems weird because that used to be the jokey term to rip the fuck out of it. But yeah, British wrestling, I feel like, has still got a little room to grow if, as long as we don't fuck it up. Which I feel like sometimes you can accuse what, uh, what culture are getting towards that point. Well, you can, but I think that five-star wrestling were a they, worse. They were the worst, yeah. Yeah, yeah that, that was kind of a, if you think what culture is bad, look at this shit over here. Yeah, because as much as I rip on what culture, and we do rip on what culture, they deserve it for the most part. Um, that five-star wrestling thing were a total fucking shambles. Yeah. Right, so uh, this is the penultimate one, yep. yeah? Okay. Triple H taking over when Vince retires will do nothing to greatly change the product. Yeah, so this was one of mine. Okay, um, so where do you stand? Is that is that the statement you agree? I, you agree? I believe that statement. Uh, as much as Triple H does an arcade, uh, a pretty good job with NXT, uh, I feel like when he gets to the main roster, he's got so much to contend with. You won't get a Triple H product of how, how we think Triple H's product Why? would be. I, f- I feel like because of everyone else who's involved with it and the way they're used to it, it will continue to be pretty much the same product as it's always been because as far as they're concerned, and even Triple H has said this in interviews in the past, um, how the WWE product is, it has to be that way to get that audience because an NXT-style product wouldn't work on the main roster. I feel like it's a big thing where people who are really big fans of NXT but don't like WWE think when Triple H takes over, everything's going to be magically different and they're going to build storylines better and all that stuff when actually... They've still got the build for a pay-per-view every three weeks or two weeks, whatever it is, and stuff's going to be rushed through, and we're still going to get John Cena and Nakamura for the first time on TV with one-week build rather than anything meaningful. Um, Obviously, it's uh, just a guessing game, this. Yeah. I disagree, though. I think, and not, not just for the sake of disagreeing, like, I don't know, I think what he's done with NXT... He's like night and day. If you watch the NXT product compared to the oh, yeah. main roster product, it's just to- the way they treat the talent. Like no- nobody's booked to look like a fucking moron. Yeah. Like Enzo Amore don't get somebody else to fucking um, fight his battles for him because he's not big enough to do it himself. Like everybody on NXT has got their own little thing. They're not on TV every week. And... Like, I honestly think if Triple H, if Vince said, right, Triple H, you can, because he calls him Triple H, clearly, um, you can have Nakamura to be your plaything, so I will not interfere in your booking of Nakamura, right? I honestly think we'd be looking at a fucking major superstar, because I think that he would have gone, well, what worked in NXT? Because I, I think what, what he would do, I would like, I hope he would do, is he would look at NXT and go, right, what's worked in NXT? We don't have all the stars on every show. So when they do appear, it's special. And when they do appear, do they always wrestle? No, sometimes they just cut a promo. So when they wrestle, it's even more special. Whereas, like you said about Cena Nakamura, they wrestle every week. Yeah. Not each other, but they wrestle on the show every week, well, pretty much. So them being in a match isn't special. Yeah. Them being in a match against each other is special. But at the same time, probably going to be a fuck finish. Mm. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I imagine Jinder's getting involved. Well, yeah. Great Carly. Um, 
Yeah, so I, 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 what I'd like to believe is that he would look at what works at that lower level and then incorporate it. Because I do agree, it's a different product. I was saying this a long, about Nakamura. I was saying it a long time that he, I didn't think he'd gel on the main roster from the way they book the main roster. But I think that if he, if if they use development how it should be used, which is to see what works at that level and then adapt it to fit what works at this at the top, then it'll it'll be a good product. And I think that I I, I genuinely believe that he will want to stamp his like mark of a, like I don't know the correct term, but like put his mark on his yeah. on his product. It'll be like Vince is the past. Now I I'm taking it to the future. So my two counters to that. First off, NXT is one hour a week with a pay-per-view every, what, two or three months? Yep. So they've got longer to build stuff and they can actually keep people off because they've only got an hour to fit everyone on. The WB main roster is three hours of TV on one brand a week, two hours on the other, with a pay-per-view at least once a month for each brand, sometimes two a month. With okay. that much TV to fill, you can't really keep people off TV, especially when ratings are so important on the main roster compared to NXT. No, they don't really give a shit. That's it's developmental at the end of the day. Whereas on the main roster, they've got to think about ratings, and people aren't going to watch every week. If oh well, I know this week AJ Styles were on last week, so he's not going to be on this week, so I'll not bother. And they will have fans like that. The second part of it is it's not just Triple H, is it? It's Stephanie. Yeah, and she's learned from Vince, and yeah. she used to be the head writer on SmackDown. It during actually a half decent time, I will admit. Like during her reign, SmackDown wasn't the worst show. <laughs> it was all right. But at the same time, she's Vince's daughter and she's been groomed to take over this company and she will take it over in Vince's image, I feel. Well, there's a, there's a, I'll just count your first point. From memory, and again, I might be wrong because I was a child, but from memory, Austin was on the show every week, but he didn't mm. wrestle every week. So there's ways to have somebody on the show. There was a reason be- behind that. He was injured. Yeah. Right? But... D- was he on the show every week and he didn't wrestle every week that's yeah. that's a yeah, fact yeah um, you didn't know he was injured I don't think they explicitly said oh yeah he's not wrestling because he's broke his neck they did a whole angle about it alright fuck off <laughs> right and uh, to, to counter your second point um, you're not a Game of Thrones fan but I'll just uh, it's not a spoiler this so it's not no one's spoiler gonna, away don't I, mean, I mean we'll 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 be coming out a week after the episode anyway so it doesn't matter but there's a quite a common theme on Game of Thrones where they um uh, uh, this series where they talk about not being responsible for the sins of your father or not being um things like that and just because Stephanie has learned from her father doesn't necessarily mean she is going to apply everything her dad has taught her because my dad might teach me something and in my head I'm thinking fucking idiot, I'm going to do it this way because it's easier or it's quicker mm. or it's more efficient or whatever. So then he fucks off and I'm like, right, this is how I'm going to do it. I'll do it like this. And you appreciate him taking time to teach her and with her, she must appreciate getting her foot in the door and that kind of thing because, you know, that she got in the business because she was born into mm. it. But then she, she's, she's as much as like we might knock her for to be the divas revolution or whatever, but she's a, she's a strong, independent woman. Mm. She's not just going on to go, well, my dad told me to do this, so I'll just do this. There will be elements of that, but I think there's also going to be elements of her going, no, like, we things have got to be different. Mm. I feel like at the same time, though, her dad is the one who revolutionised the business and stuff. 
So his teachings will definitely like have a huge impact on whatever happens to WWE in the future. We've we've not got long now. Okay, I, I want do you want to go to the last one? I want you to read the last one. Oh, let's read the last one, okay. Should I be worried? I don't know. I don't know how you'll react to it. This is the first one I thought of. Okay, so th- <laughs> this this says, Brock Lesnar should fuck off. Yes, he should fuck off. <sighs> so <laughs> Why... So my feeling behind this is, as long as like Brock Lesnar is definitely the biggest culprit of this, as long as we have the part timer who just comes in, has his match every once in a while and stuff, the WWE will not build on a whole big stars. We've got a lot of guys who are upper mid card at best, and they will never get past that stage because they are bred to be beaten by the top guys. And I feel like there's some people who the legs are caught. And the big example I will use as much as we take the piss out of him on the show, is Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose was one... Oh, fuck me. Right. right. Oh, go Dean on. Ambrose you, was one... You've really got to fuck your women yeah. around with this now. So, when The Shield broke up and Dean Ambrose was feuding with Seth Rollins at first, Dean Ambrose was over as fuck yeah. and they did nothing but cut his legs off from the very start. And then, the ultimate was when Brock Lesnar comes along. What was the timeline? Because I don't feel like... The Brock Lesnar feud was straight after the Dean Ambrose, uh, the Seth Rollins feud. No, there was Bray Wyatt in between, and Bray Wyatt was being bred kind of at the time, but no one really bought it because he'd already started being a bit annoying. Okay, so, so are, you, are you getting mad that they didn't push Dean Ambrose? I think it's just a general problem where, as long as you've got a Brock Lesnar around, like I know Kevin Owens was always going to have to get beaten in some way like that for the title. That's kind of how his story had to end. But it's that thing where you've got guys like Brock and Goldberg and. I, I don't. It's not really the same case with Triple H because Triple H comes back once a year. I don't have as big a problem with that. But the thing with Brock is he's always been at the top, and they've continually pushed him and pushed him. And I get the idea is eventually for him to get beaten by Roman Reigns. So they've built two guys as big stars. Uh, Braun Strowman is around like upper mid, but he's always he's never going to be the guy over Roman. And definitely not over Brock. All right, well, let's say no one's going to be the guy over Roman yeah. because Ro- whatever we think of Roman Reigns, they're pushing him as the top star. Yeah. So then on the Raw brand, then you've just got Brock Lesnar on top who's only there like a few months every year. And I feel like without them relying on that fact that, oh, well, Brock's going to be back soon so we can do the big matches then and stuff, it allows them, they'd have to build more stars up and Brock should just go and do his UFC thing and then go rest on his ranch. I disagree clearly because he's one of my favorites yeah but not as much as you think um i think that they shouldn't have the belt on him like they do if he was just a special attraction guy and he came back and had big matches at the big four shows not a problem yeah see this is my issue it's they, they made that shitty red belt and they put it on finn balor and he got injured put it on kevin owens and they put it on Goldberg, then they put it on Lesnar, and then Lesnar's fucks off with it. The belt's not... A, like, when he had the WWE title, I was genuinely excited that it wasn't going to be on TV, because yeah. I was like, well, what the fuck are they going to do? The Universal belt, I don't give a fuck about it, because I've not fucking <laughs> seen it. Yeah. It's like they're embarrassed about it, because it's red and shit. <laughs> so, like, I just... I, I, I agree to a certain extent that... I don't know, well, I don't agree he should fuck off because I think that WWE would be a poorer place without Brock Lesnar. But can they have him around without him being the top guy? Yeah. 
because with the amount of money they pay him and stuff, they want to have him as the top guy, apart from Roman. I think I think they could. He, he, I don't think he really gives a fuck about putting people over. He might yeah. he might he might have a lazy march with yeah. like the Dean Ambrose once was a shit march, yeah. but. In the same respect, he'd already made his mind up that he was going to beat Mark Hunt at UFC. Mm. So that's probably why he was like, yeah, we're not doing all this hardcore shit because I don't want to get Going injured. back to the Dean Ambrose thing, do you not feel that, like, Dean Ambrose wasn't in the shits by then? He'd had the kind of weird match with Bray Wyatt where the Oh, no, was he was in the shits. With the TV where he, like, went to hit Bray Wyatt with the TV, but then the cable pulled out and sparks flew everywhere. That was kind of bad. But you not feel like at WrestleMania, if he'd have had a brawl with, Bro- with Brock Lesnar... Where Brock beat the fuck out of him and he refused to stay down. He continually got up and carried on fighting until Brock has to literally like, pretty much kill him to finally get him to stay down. That would have not raised him back up in your expectations a bit more. Instead, Brock did a few bits with him and then pinned him and it was it was done. And then they didn't do fuck all with him after that. And he just got worse and worse. I, I just I just don't think Dean Ambrose <laughs> is a well booked character in general, so it's not it's not good to make an argument with him because I, I feel like that was a big breaking point for me. See, because it, by the time he won the title, no one gave a fuck. Well, I totally and, agree with that. Huh? Yeah, and I feel like the Brock Lesnar thing, because def- like leading up to the Brock Lesnar thing, I seem to remember like we were all kind of talking about it, like because it was before we were doing this, we was kind of saying this could be really great because it'll be Brock beating him up. But he'll get to be the big. He'll get well, to be like yeah, because he, he, he had his little cart, didn't he? And, uh, yeah. and, and he kept putting weapons in it. And I thought he was going to bring that cart out and then use all them fucking weapons on Brock Lesnar, yeah. and he never did. We thought it was going to be kind of like again, terrible example considering our opinions on him. But Dolph Ziggler against the Authority, that was supposed to be the Roman Reigns spot. But how over was Dolph Ziggler that night? Yeah, because he fought up against the Authority and was the last guy standing and all that stuff. Yeah. Like if. Dean Ambrose was in that sort of position against Brock Lesnar. I feel like it could have done the world for him. Instead, Brock was kind of like half-arsed. And but you sound like you're just getting it. salty that Dean Ambrose lost to Brock yeah, Lesnar. No, you're not really making an argument like, that Brock Lesnar should fuck off. I feel like it's kind of the endemic of WWE to always have Brock as this top guy and the only guy who's really beaten him in that time. Well, for it is The Undertaker, part-time. Goldberg, part-time. Uh, Cena's beaten him. Oh yeah, it wasn't that, part, that, were, it wasn't, that were a few years ago. It wasn't, wasn't part time. That was before the ridiculous run that led to him in the title. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't really know. The thing is, you can't have him lose a lot because then when he does lose, it means something. So I don't have an issue with him winning a lot of matches if it in the end it's to put somebody over. Yeah. And if that somebody is Roman Reigns, as much as I wouldn't want it to be Roman Reigns, I can see why they would put it as Roman Reigns. Yeah. Um. So I'm not, I'm not that bothered. It's just my whole thing is putting that belt on him, and it's not the whole belt on a part timer thing or anything like that. It's not seeing the belt. Like if he was turning up, like if they put the belt on somebody else who was turning up to shows, cutting promos, but not wrestling, Mm -hmm. I'd be totally fine with that. Um, but it's it's just the fact that he's not there, and then they do they do other angles with other belts where they say, oh well, they can't defend it within thirty days. It doesn't make sense in the context of yeah. their own universe. Um, but I think that WWE would be a poorer place without Brock Lesnar. I think it, I think he brings an element of unpredictability, an element of excitement. Like, when they had that promo a couple of weeks back with uh, Samoa Joe, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar all in the ring, mm-hmm. and Samoa Joe said, look at me when I'm talking to you, and then Brock Lesnar <laughs> like squared the fuck up to him, right? If Samoa Joe would have said that to Dean Ambrose and Dean Ambrose squared up to him, 
It would have been angle, wouldn't it? Yeah. yeah, you wouldn't have thought anything yeah. of it, but, but but because Brock Lesnar, you you just don't know what mood he's in. Because like that time when uh, Braun Strowman didn't sell for him properly, so he made him sell for him. Mm. Like only Brock Lesnar could get away with that because of who he is and how hard he is. Whereas like Dean Ambrose isn't really doing much, is he? He's just like, oh, do you, want, do you want me to like make you smell a piss? That's all he's doing. So I, I just I just think yeah. that. I'll agree with you. I feel like he does have a place, but I feel like he's held up on such a high pedestal, it's to the detriment sometimes of the rest of the roster. Yeah. I can, I can, I can see your argument. I just wish there were more angles for Belt. Yeah. I think that ties it all up. We tied up nicely. We talked about Raw earlier on as well. Yeah. Him threatening to leave. Um, so next week... Um, I've, you've, not, you've not got me the special notepad that's got all the things Is for that the, one? Or? No, the plugs. The plugs. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, we're doing this on the air, but I need the plug thing in a minute. Um, next next week we're doing British Bulldog nineteen ninety nine. Yep. Career um, modes back. Yeah, and it's um like one of the most depressing career modes we're ever going to do. Like he's he's got some. Can, can we just set a rule? Go on now. I, I don't know if you'll agree to this rule or not. <laughs> can we not mention the uh, Diana Hart Smith book? I wasn't. Oh, I wasn't good. Like, let's, just, let's not talk about that book at all next week. Oh uh, no, I, yeah. I, I wasn't. I was just gonna. It's just depressing watching him in nineteen ninety nine in his jeans. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Yeah, it's 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 pretty depressing. Bear, bear, <laughs> bearing in mind that a few years earlier he were in WWF in Art Foundation, <laughs> and then uh, he's. Uh, I might watch Canadian Stampede before this, just to kind of like ah oh, the glory days. <laughs> it's not even the proper glory days. It was like slightly after his glory days, but still good stuff. That's it for this week's Royal Grumble. Please go like us on Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Royal Grumble. Uh, why don't you like follow us on Twitter at Royal Grumble Pod? Why don't they tweet us and tell us who won the debates or their opinions of the debates, yeah, what they send, would say? Send us your debates on Facebook and Twitter. Send us your top 15s as well. Yep. But actually just send us the debates things. I don't want to read 15 fucking wrestlers. Uh, find us on iTunes if you haven't already. And while you're there, just a quick one while I'm reading this. Where else would they find us? Uh, we're on a few other things that I can't remember the name of. Oh, we're on Podbean, aren't we? Yeah, Podbean yeah. and then Scriber or something like that. Yeah. Okay, so find us on iTunes if you haven't already. And while you're there, give us a quick rate and review. They can give us five stars on there, not yeah. six. And visit us at royalgrumble.weebly.com for articles and everything in one place. Um, have you got anything else to add, Dan? Nope. Say goodbye, Dan. Bye. Goodbye. Happy birthday, Graham. <laughs> <laughs>